0: episode, another shot of tequila, (laughs) or two. Welcome to the Atomic Skull podcast. To everyone except people who make small talk with the person who checks receipts on the way out of Costco, my name is Matt, and I am coming at you from my newly under-constructed office. Am I even saying that? Whatever. I don't care. I emptied out the entire room and I'm starting from scratch is what I'm trying to tell you. Step one was putting together a new double desk that I bought so that I have one set up for work and one set up for this piece of shit. And I will have you know that I did get a little bit of assistance from my beautiful wife, Mrs. What's Her Name? But I took point and I built this thing almost entirely On my own because I'm butch you guys butch did I reward myself afterwards with a coffee and then bake some blackberry scones with lemon glaze I'll never tell meanwhile work continues on the office I financed some new decor that probably has almost nothing to do with Chris Evans or goth titties and it's coming along quite nicely Before I crack open this first piece of business, I want to give a very heartfelt thanks to everyone who reached out after last week's episode to say some kind words about the new job. I haven't started it yet, but I am still in complete and utter disbelief about everything. And my asshole brain is refusing to process this huge step forward is any kind of positivity because I'm still me after all, but I do appreciate everyone that's rooting for me. Suckers. I'm weirdly excited to start. And the only thing I know right now is that I'm about to get paid to listen to music And drink coffee all day without wearing pants. And somebody needs to call Gwen Stefani because that shit is bananas. All right, I got a little dildo chronicle to start us off today. I loved seeing this one play out because, in a weird ass way, it was kind of wholesome. Maybe? Maybe not. What do I know from nothing? But there was an older lady walking around the store. Now, when I say older, I understand that's a relative term, but I'm not really sure how to describe it any better. I'm never the smartest person in the room by any means, but I've lived long enough to have learned that one should never hazard a guess on a woman's age, a woman's weight, or whether or not a woman is currently with child. Those are three things that, no matter how confident you are, you never want to cowboy your way through them. So I'm not even going to attempt to give you an age bracket for this woman, lest she somehow accidentally listens to this shit show and then comes to kick my ass. But I think it would be safe to say that she's much more experienced listening to Billy Idol than Billie Eilish. That being said... Her tits were around as old as Billie Eilish. They were store-bought, and there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. I never understand the idea of people getting shitty about women who get a little bit of surgical help in their upper deck. It's kind of like a dude who's gotten insanely stupidly rich selling toilets. Who cares? And good for him, too. But this lady had some fakies that were barely being covered by a white shirt and a black bra, which, according to my notes here, is the national flag for herpes. She was platinum blonde, like double platinum blonde, low-rise jeans with the panties out. No judgments here. Aside from missing maybe a couple of prime real estate teeth, and having eye makeup that looked like it had been caked on for days, she actually looked kind of fucking good. So she's in the lingerie section, walking around, looking at nothing really in particular, which is what raised a flag for me initially, and told me that for some reason I should probably be paying attention. Anyone who has worked in retail will back me up on this. After watching your average you know, John or Jane customer for a couple of minutes, you sort of see what it is they're shopping for and you can get at least a little bit of an idea on where they're headed, right? An example of that in this case would be seeing a woman looking at plaid skirts for a couple of minutes. Chances are, if she finds a skirt that she likes, she's probably gonna go look at the schoolgirl tops, some bloomers, and make some stops at knee-high socks and shoes, right? You can sort of anticipate the trajectory, but with anti-fake tits, there was no rhyme or reason to what she was looking at. Some red crotchless panties here, some pastel nighties there, and she wasn't looking at sizes. It didn't make any sense to me initially. The more I kept an eye on her, though, the more I realized that everything she was looking at happened to be near the DVDs and nudie magazines. Two things that I, and probably you, are dumbfounded that people actually pay money for in 2024. And the customer who tends to be over there, more often than not, are lonely older men. I've mentioned this before. These are not outgoing kind, pleasantly scented men. There's a lot of sleeveless shirts and military fatigues going on in that section of the store. Now, the next thing that I clocked after realizing anti-fake tits was staying near the DVDs and magazines was that she was posing. She was looking at a lot of things on the lower racks, but she was doing it very sexfully. Does that make sense? And the dudes who were in the DVD section were falling for it, hook, line and sinker. When she noticed that a dude was looking, she would try to strike up a little conversation. None of which I actually heard, you know, cuz I was I wasn't just standing there watching it all unfold. I was actually working, but I did hear a few things here and there, some little you know, whispers and cute giggles and shit. And that's when I realized this bitch was on the clock. She was straight up soliciting lonely dudes in the DVD section at the dildo store. And I probably should have stopped it, but I was frozen Because I was shocked at how incredibly good of a business model that was. And you are goddamn right she had a dude pay for a couple of pairs of crotchless panties and then left with him. It took her less than 20 minutes to find someone. And good for both of them. Here's to hoping the dude woke up the next morning missing a couple hundreds out of his wallet and not a couple of kidneys. While I am on the subject of the dildo store, I did put my notice in with them, and they were none too pleased, as you can imagine. I've been on the other side of that table as a recruiter and a leader, and I get it. When someone puts their notice in, my focus as a leader is on the business in front of me, right? It isn't that I'm not happy for them and all of that horse shit. But they are now someone I have to replace. And that's where my energy has to go. Because otherwise, the rest of the team that is staying is going to have to pick up that slack. And I don't want to do that to people that I have to see 40 excruciatingly long hours every week. So I'm not expecting any kind of fireworks show or parade when I put my notice in. But the response that I got initially was pretty fucking ice cold, which, again, I totally get it. And I responded in kind. And that is going to bring me to my first gold star question of 2024 and maybe my favorite gold star question that I've ever asked so far. What is the professional way that you say, go fuck yourself? Obviously, we can't really say that at work, but we all know there's codes that we use that are 100% kind and informational on the surface, but what you're really saying is suck my ass. I'm gonna give you a couple of examples to kind of kick your tires and light your fires in case you're not entirely sure what I mean. So for me personally, my go-to when I want to say go fuck yourself to someone in a professional way, is thank you for the input. My amazingly wonderful, badass, hysterically awesome sister Georgia loves this question. And over a couple of glasses of wine, we talked about it. And her version of it is, and I quote, I'll take that into consideration, end quote. Fucking A+. Same flavor of asshole, and I love it. Possibly the one I got when I was asking around a little bit that was the ice coldest was one word. Noted. Yikes. AtomicSchoolPodcast at gmail.com if you want to email me your answer. At Atomic Skull Podcast on the Instagrams and the TikToks. If you're in the mood to slide into the DMs and let me know your favorite professional way to say go fuck yourself. If you aren't following me on the socials just yet, make sure that you do. I post on Instagram often and I'm posting on TikTok like whatever the opposite of wildfire is. <laughs> uh, speaking of segues, I did go to a concert. Oh man, it's been quite a while back now. Easily over a month. So this is all like old news at best. But if you haven't heard it, it's news to you. So we went to see Billy Joel and Stevie Nicks. And as you might imagine, because I'm bringing it up on the program, I have some thoughts. Firstly, parking was $70. That's seven zero. My dudes, those people who run the lots around the stadium saw white people coming from a mile away and jacked up the prices appropriately. I wanna be mad, but that's like the second best business model that I've seen recently. And 70 was the cheap parking, by the way. I saw shits that were $110, the absolute audacity. I don't really have any bits about it because I'm still so fucking shocked. And Secondberg, a funny little thing for anyone who has lived not in the desert at some point in their life, people at the show were bundled up like they were sitting in a blizzard. And I'm talking the full compliment, gloves, boots, toques, scarves, winter coats that were thicker than a bowl of oatmeal. And I still heard people complaining about how cold it was. You guys, the temperature never dropped below 64 degrees. And I was barely able to stop laughing just in time for the show to start. Now, I thought the show was fantastic. But This was definitely an event that was catered to and for my beautiful wife, Mrs. What's-Her-Name. Stevie Nicks is her spirit animal. She has a big old Stevie Nicks tattoo on her arm. Her middle name was given to her specifically because of a Fleetwood Mac song. And this was the first time she had ever seen Stevie live. And I've just never been so grateful to be with her anywhere as much as I was to be with her at that show at that moment. Stevie played the song she was named after. And I got the privilege of holding my wife's hand and watching tears pour down her face while she sang along. I live for those once in a lifetime moments, you know, particularly at concerts where you have thousands of your brothers and sisters around you singing along to a song that you love. I've had a few of those myself over the years. And let me tell you, it is fucking powerful. It really was one of the great things for me these last few months to be able to share that with her. It was also my first time seeing Stevie Nicks in concert. And I have a few things to say about it. One is that she was fucking awesome. I love Fleetwood Mac so much, and I love her solo stuff, but I wasn't sure what to expect when it came to the live show. I was pleasantly surprised. You know what? Fuck that. I was blown away by how good she was. A nice little touch was having Billy Joel come out and sing Stop Dragging My Heart Around, which she had originally done with the late, great Tom Petty. That's another once-in-a-lifetime concert moment that I'll never see again. There's so many older touring musical acts that basically just walk into a kick-ass, well-rehearsed show and do their paint-by-number shit and then collect their check backstage, which is totally fine. It's a great fucking gig if you can get it. Not at all in this case. I was so surprisingly pleased. And then... The second thing I want to talk about is that nobody, and I mean nobody, misses cocaine more than Stevie Nicks. And when I say that, I'm including Lindsay Lohan, Steven Tyler, Hunter S. Thompson, anyone who has ever been on Saturday Night Live, the entire 1980s, my mother, nobody misses it more than Stevie Nicks. She's clean these days, and we love to see it. But imagine for just a second, if you will, the 70s and 80s at the height of her popularity. Stevie's handlers would wake her up at 6 p.m. because there's a 900% chance that she's slept through sound check. They would get her dressed in a black lacy fucking number throw some coke up her nose and a tambourine in her hand, and she would instinctively go to town. And that was before the show would even start. The only indicator she had that told her she was on stage was the one bright light she saw that wasn't a spaceship. What a wild fucking time. Now, Stevie does have to put a little bit of effort into her performance, but she still kicks maximum ass. And then Billy Joel came out and did what he does. And Mrs. What's-Her-Name ate it up just like a hot tortilla. She has the biggest crush on Billy Joel, which I've mentioned on the program previously. Stevie made Mrs. What's-Her-Name cry out of her eyes. Billy made her cry out of her snooch. So it really was the perfect night for her. And if you're thinking to yourself, wow, she's got terrible taste in men, I couldn't agree more. I do want to give a quick shout out to the lady behind us who was singing almost as loud as she was incorrectly. I don't think she got one single word to any of the songs right, was completely off key, and missed every single instrumental cue. <laughs> like, now that I think about it and I say it out loud, it might have been Olivia Rodrigo. <laughs> Boom! Boom! topical. I know young people things. Let's fucking go. The only line longer than the ones Stevie snorted in the 80s was the line for the women's restroom. It was brutal. And in the most entitled moment of my white male life, when I went to use the bathroom between sets, I actually said out loud to nobody in particular, holy shit, The men's restroom has a line. If I was wearing pearls to the show, I would have clutched them. Don't worry. The line moved super fast, so I was not waiting long. If you are wondering, though, how much of a complete fucking asshole I am, after I was done taking a pish, I went to the line for the women's restroom to find Mrs. What's her name? And I said really loud, holy shit. The men's line moves so fast and I'm already done. High five. The dirty looks I got from every woman in earshot were so good, they should have been fattening. I think Mrs. What's Her Name is still waiting in line to pee. I should probably go pick her up. I'm not gonna do a song of the week by either one of those two artists because I feel like that's too easy and too on the nose. And this week is one of those ones that I really like because there's no real songs or artists that I feel like I have to do. You know what I mean? I can really go any direction I want with it, which is a rarity for me. Now that things in my life are picking up and I'm feeling a little bit more like myself again, I've been on kind of a hip-hop kick Lately, a little bit of swagger, a little bit of confidence, a little Jesus Christ, I sound like Mambo number five out here. But (laughs) last week we went with Springsteen, which is a beautiful song, and I hope you listen to it. For this week, let's hop on a train from Jersey over to Philadelphia, which is an incredibly underrated city for hip hop. Now, obviously the first thing you're probably thinking is the first thing I would be thinking, Will Smith. I'm not going to do Will Smith. If you want to pause the program very quickly, since I mentioned it, and sing the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air theme song, though, I wouldn't be mad at you. Philly has some incredible talent. Beanie Siegel and Meek Mill are both fucking amazing. Uh, Little Uzi Vert is from, I'm pretty fucking sure he's from Philly as well. Eve, who I fucking love is from Philly, but I wanna do something a little bit more top shelf this week. And I wanna go with one of the greatest bands of all time. And that's right, I said band. And you can come fight me about it. Song of the Week is the Seed 2.0 by The Roots. And it is about to blow up Atomic Skull Podcast Songs of the Week playlist on Spotify. The hook is catchy as fuck. The beat is amazing. The flow is killer. Black Thought, who I'm pretty damn sure co-wrote the song, is one of the most underrated rappers out there. He's the he's the he's the main like rapper singer for for the roots. And Questlove, I mean What can't that motherfucker do? Not only is he one of the best drummers alive, but he's one of the best band leaders alive. He is brilliant, funny, and he's got this weird thing where he takes everything around him seriously, but doesn't take himself seriously at all. And I fucking love that. If I could choose my blunt rotation, he would very literally be the first name on the list. And that is no bullshit. Quick little fun fact about Questlove, which is why you're here, is my annoyingly fun, stupid music facts, right? So Jay-Z, who is my all-time favorite rapper, did a version of MTV Unplugged back when that was a thing in like the early aughts. And he wanted live acoustic versions of all the songs he wanted to perform, which is fucking wild, especially at that time. He had The Roots play as his backing band for his Unplugged performance. And Questlove recreated acoustic arrangements of all the songs that he did, that Jay-Z did. And either I read or I'm completely making up that Questlove did it in like a fucking week. And that blows my mind for that alone. He should be in every hall of fame that has ever existed. Check out the C 2.0 because it is one of my favorites by the roots and it will get your feet moving. And I think that's it. That's the breaks for this week. You guys, I'm still shaking off all the dust and the rust, but it is so good to be back. And I am looking forward to keeping the ball rolling and some of the great shit that I've got coming up. I hope everyone is living their best ones out there. And thank you, as always, so, so much for catching my voice wherever and whenever you are. Please, as always, share the program on the socials if you would. Tell some friends who enjoy only the finest dick jokes and snobbiest pop culture references about the show and invite them to come give us a listen. We're always looking for some more people to join the party and have fun with us. Um, I'm already looking forward to seeing you guys next week. Somewhere out there right now, though, there is a breakfast burrito with my name on it, and I am going to track that some bitch down. Apologies to my mother-in-law. And how are you doing?